chapter five of paul clifford by edward bulwer lytton this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter five ye realms yet unrevealed to human sight ye canes athwart the hapless hands that write ye critic chiefs permit me to relate the mystic wonders of your silent state virgil aeneid book six fortune had smiled upon mr mcgrawler since he first undertook the tuition of mrs lopkins's protege he now inhabited a second floor and defied the sheriff and his evil spirits it was at the dusk of evening that paul found him at home and alone before the mighty man stood a pot of london porter a candle with an unregarded wick shed its solitary light upon his labours and an infant cat played sportively at his learned feet beguiling the weary moments with the remnants of the spiral cap wherewith instead of laurel the critic had hitherto nightly adorned his brows so soon as mcgrawler piercing through the gloomy mist which hung about the chamber perceived the person of the intruder a frown settled upon his brow have i not told you youngster he growled never to enter a gentleman's room without knocking i tell you sir that manners are no less essential to human happiness than virtue wherefore never disturb a gentleman in his avocations and sit yourself down without molesting the cat paul who knew that his respected tutor disliked any one to trace the source of the wonderful spirit which he infused into his critical compositions affected not to perceive the pewter hippocrene and with many apologies for his want of preparatory politeness seated himself as directed it was then that the following edifying conversation ensued the ancients quoth paul were very great men mr mcgrawler they were so sir returned the critic we make it a rule in our profession to assert that fact but sir said paul they were wrong now and then never ignoramus never they praised poverty mr mcgrawler said paul with a sigh hum quoth the critic a little staggered but presently recovering his characteristic acumen he observed it is true paul but that was the poverty of other people there was a slight pause criticism renewed paul must be a most difficult art ahem and what art is there sir that is not difficult at least to become master of true sighed paul or else or else what boy repeated mr mcgrawler seeing that paul hesitated either from fear of his superior knowledge as the critic's vanity suggested or from what was equally likely want of a word to express his meaning why i was thinking sir said paul with that desperate courage which gives a distinct and loud intonation to the voice of all who set or think they set their faith upon a cast i was thinking that i should like to become a critic myself phew whistled mcgrawler elevating his eyebrows phew great ends have come of less beginnings encouraging as this assertion was coming as it did from the lips of so great a man and so great a critic at the very moment too 
when nothing short of an anathema against arrogance and presumption was expected to issue from those portals of wisdom yet such is the fallacy of all human hopes that paul's of a surety would have been a little less elated had he at the same time his ears drank in the balm of these gracious words been able to have dived into the source whence they emanated know thyself was a precept the sage magrawler had endeavoured to obey consequently the result of his obedience was that even by himself he was better known than trusted whatever he might appear to others he had in reality no vain faith in the infallibility of his own talents and resources as well might a butcher deem himself a perfect anatomist from the frequent amputation of legs of mutton as the critic of the asineum have laid the flattering unction to his soul that he was really skilled in the art of criticism or even acquainted with one of its commonest rules because he could with all speed cut up and disjoint any work from the smallest to the greatest from the most superficial to the most superior and thus it was that he never had the want of candour to deceive himself as to his own talents paul's wish therefore was no sooner expressed than a vague but golden scheme of future profit illumined the brain of magrawler in a word he resolved that paul should henceforward share the labour of his critiques and that he magrawler should receive the whole profits in return for the honour thereby conferred on his coadjutor looking therefore at our hero with a benignant air mr magrawler thus continued yes i repeat great ends have come from less beginnings rome was not built in a day and i paul i myself was not always the editor of the asineum you say wisely criticism is a great science a very great science and it may be divided into three branches namely to tickle to slash and to plaster in each of these three i believe without vanity i am a profound adept i will initiate you into all your labour shall begin this very evening i have three works on my table they must be dispatched by to-morrow night i will take the most arduous i abandon to you the others the three consist of a romance an epic in twelve books and an inquiry into the human mind in three volumes i paul will tickle the romance you this very evening shall plaster the epic and slash the inquiry heavens mr magrawler cried paul in consternation what do you mean i should never be able to read an epic in twelve books and i should fall asleep in the first page of the inquiry no no leave me the romance and take the other two under your own protection although great genius is always benevolent mr magrawler could not restrain a smile of ineffable contempt at the simplicity of his pupil know young gentleman said he solemnly that the romance in question must be tickled it is not given to raw beginners to conquer that great mystery of our science before we proceed further explain the words of the art said paul impatiently listen then rejoined magrawler and as he spoke the candle cast an awful glimmering on his countenance to slash is speaking grammatically to employ the accusative or accusing case you must cut up your book right and left top and bottom root and branch to plaster a book is to employ the dative or giving case and you must bestow on the work all the superlatives in the language 
you must lay on your praise thick and thin and not leave a crevice untrowelled but to tickle sir is a comprehensive word and it comprises all the infinite varieties that fill the interval between slashing and plastering this is the nicety of the art and you can only acquire it by practice a few examples will suffice to give you an idea of its delicacy we will begin with the encouraging tickle although this work is full of faults though the characters are unnatural the plot utterly improbable the thoughts hackneyed and the style ungrammatical yet we would by no means discourage the author from proceeding and in the meanwhile we confidently recommend his work to the attention of the reading public take now the advising tickle there is a good deal of merit in these little volumes although we must regret the evident haste in which they were written the author might do better we recommend him a study of the best writers then conclude by a latin quotation which you may take from one of the mottoes in the spectator now young gentlemen for a specimen of the metaphorical tickle we beg this poetical aspirant to remember the fate of pyrenaeus who attempting to pursue the muses forgot that he had not the wings of the goddesses flung himself from the loftiest ascent he could reach and perished this you see paul is a loftier and more erudite sort of tickle and may be reserved for one of the quarterly reviews never throw away a simile unnecessarily now for a sample of the facetious tickle mr Blank has obtained a considerable reputation some fine ladies think him a great philosopher and he has been praised in our hearing by some cambridge fellows for his knowledge of fashionable society for this sort of tickle we generally use the dullest of our tribe and i have selected the foregoing example from the criticisms of a distinguished writer in the asinium whom we call par excellence the ass there is a variety of other tickles the familiar the vulgar the polite the good-natured the bitter but in general all tickles may be supposed to signify however disguised one or other of these meanings this book would be exceedingly good if it were not exceedingly bad or this book would be exceedingly bad if it were not exceedingly good you have now paul a general idea of the superior art required by the tickle our hero signified his assent by a sort of hysterical sound between a laugh and a groan mcgrawla continued there is another grand difficulty attendant on this class of criticism it is generally requisite to read a few pages of the work because we seldom tickle without extracting and it requires some judgment to make the context agree with the extract but it is not often necessary to extract when you slash or when you plaster when you slash it is better in general to conclude with after what we have said it is unnecessary to add that we cannot offend the taste of our readers by any quotation from this execrable trash and when you plaster you may wind up with we regret that our limits will not allow us to give any extracts from this wonderful and unrivalled work we must refer our readers to the book itself and now sir i think i have given you a sufficient outline of the noble science of scaliger and mcgrawler doubtless you are reconciled to the task i have allotted you and while i tickle the romance you will slash the inquiry and plaster the epic i will do my best sir said paul with that modest yet noble simplicity which becomes the virtuously ambitious and mcgrawler forthwith gave him pen and paper and set him down to his undertaking he had the good fortune to please mcgrawler who after having made a few corrections in style declared he evinced a peculiar genius in that branch of composition 
and then it was that paul made conceited by praise said looking contemptuously in the face of his preceptor and swinging his legs to and fro and what sir shall i receive for the plastered epic and the slashed inquiry as the face of the schoolboy who when guessing as he thinks rightly at the meaning of some mysterious word in cornelius nepos receiveth not the sugared epithet of praise but a sudden stroke across the os humorosthe face or shoulders even so blank puzzled and thunderstricken waxed the face of mr mcgrawler at the abrupt and astounding audacity of paul receive he repeated receive why you impudent ungrateful puppy would you steal the bread from your old master if i can obtain for your crude articles and admission into the illustrious pages of the Athenaeum, will you not be sufficiently paid sir by the honour answer me that another man young gentleman would have charged you a premium for his instructions and here have i in one lesson imparted to you all the mysteries of the science and for nothing and you talk to me of receive receive young gentleman in the words of the immortal bard i would as lief you had talked to me of rat's bane in fine then mr mcgrawler i shall get nothing for my trouble said paul to be sure not sir the very best writer in the Athenaeum only gets three shillings an article almost more than he deserves the critic might have added for he who writes for nobody should receive nothing then sir quoth the mercenary paul profanely and rising he kicked with one kick the cat the epic and the inquiry to the other end of the room then sir you may all go to the devil we do not o oh, gentle reader seek to excuse this hasty anathema the habits of childhood will sometimes break forth despite of the after-blessings of education and we set not up paul for thine imitation as that model of virtue and of wisdom which we design thee to discover in mcgrawler when that great critic perceived paul had risen and was retreating in high dudgeon towards the door he rose also and repeating paul's last words said go to the devil not so quick young gentleman festinca lante all in good time what though i did astonished at your premature request say that you should receive nothing yet my great luck for you may induce me to bestir myself on your behalf the asinium it is true only gives three shillings an article in general but i am its editor and will intercede with the proprietors on your behalf yes yes i will see what is to be done stop a bit my boy paul though very irascible was easily pacified he reseated himself and taking mcgrawler's hand said forgive me for my petulance my dear sir but to tell you the honest truth i am very low in the world just at present and must get money in some way or another in short i must either pick pockets or write not gratuitously for the asinium and without further preliminary paul related his present circumstances to the critic declared his determination not to return to the mug and requested at least from the friendship of his old preceptor the accommodation of shelter for that night mcgrawler was exceedingly disconcerted at hearing so bad an account of his pupil's finances as well as prospects for he had secretly intended to regale himself that evening with a bowl of punch for which he proposed that paul should pay but as he knew the quickness of parts possessed by the young gentleman as also the great affection entertained for him by mrs lopkins who in all probability would solicit his return the next day he thought it not unlikely that paul would enjoy the same good fortune as that presiding over his feline companion which though it had just been kicked to the other end of the apartment was now resuming its former occupation unhurt and no less merrily than before 
he therefore thought it would be imprudent to discard his quondam pupil despite of his present poverty and moreover although the first happy project of pocketing all the profits derivable from paul's industry was now abandoned he still perceived great facility in pocketing a part of the same receipts he therefore answered paul very warmly that he fully sympathized with him in his present melancholy situation that so far as he was concerned he would share his last shilling with his beloved pupil but that he regretted at that moment he had only eleven pence halfpenny in his pocket that he would however exert himself to the utmost in procuring an opening for paul's literary genius and that if paul liked to take the slashing and plastering part of the business on himself he would willingly surrender it to him and give him all the profits whatever they might be on entendant he regretted that a violent rheumatism prevented his giving up his own bed to his pupil but that he might with all the pleasure imaginable sleep upon the rug before the fire paul was so affected by this kindness in the worthy man that though not much addicted to the melting mood he shed tears of gratitude he insisted however on not receiving the whole reward of his labours and at length it was settled though with a noble reluctance on the part of magrala that it should be equally shared between the critic and the critic's protege the half profits being reasonably awarded to magrala for his instructions and his recommendation End of chapter five